Welcome to I'll Be Back Catalog, where we take a nostalgic look back at the movies of Arnold Schwarzenegger. The cigar chomping, one-liner spitting, killing machine. Now oh, stop it, you'll make me blush. It's every movie from the beginning. With special guest comedians. I like this, that sounds great. Now play the music. Welcome back to a very special edition of I'll Be Back Catalog. This is one where we're going to be a bit weird and do another episode of Ass Bomb. <laughs> the Action Superstars Breakout Movies, or Ass BM, as I like to call it, because bowel movements. Uh, we're very <laughs> excited. We're exploring some of the most iconic uh, action movies um, for early stars. We're, we're checking out where they started. That's right. And this week, it happens to be my most favorite, Kurt Russell. <laughs> is that genuine or that's genuine I, I'm a huge fan of Kurt Russell oh, I thought you were saying this was your favourite Kurt Russell film and I was like no no that's the thing <laughs> obviously that you've just heard two voices because so, unlike Kurt Russell getting flown into the walled city of New York we won't be doing this alone we have with us of course returning champion and comedian uh, Gary Dooley hello hi Gary hi champion it's very good to be here you heard him you heard him champion what are you a champion of the coming the, back I'm, yeah I made it a second time somehow <laughs> back by popular demand Gary by, Dooley by myself requested by myself the fans asked mm. and you listened it's not just Gary Dooley though now we have the wonderful comedian Matt Fleet how are we thanks for having me excellent all the way from uh, New Zealand's Hamilton as opposed to Canada's Hamilton yes, yes. all the way from New Zealand's Hamilton are you, are you an action fan action movies uh, I think I was an action fan growing up literally one of the first movies I ever remember loving was Speed was ah. massive on speed as a yeah. kid. That's, <laughs> Huge on yeah, speed. yeah, yeah. Just hypo as. Yeah, I was quite big on action movies as a kid. I guess for me, though, I kind of grew up in that kind of pinnacle, sort of birth of the superhero action movie. Like I, when I was a kid, that was when Spider-Man and X-Men and all that were coming out. So that was kind of my action movie in a sense. But yeah, your classics are dabbled in a few of them, I guess. But a lot of those two ended up being like more ensemble or connective. Like Spider-Man yes. as an action movie is very much like, how does Spider-Man interact with everyone else as opposed to those 80s action movies, which is just like, yeah. Yeah, there's less just absolute icons, I guess. Birth. No, nobody remembers Tobey Maguire fondly, do they? Not in an action <laughs> uh, respect. No. Not a fan. Do you watch uh, non-action, uh, non-superhero action movies at all? Oh yeah, definitely these days. I, these days I'm quite big on the old. I love any action movies with real long takes, real well choreographed fights, like John Wick and that kind of thing. Is what I'm really into these days. So Just there's a lot of Keanu Reeves happening in your life. That's I think good. that's a general I theme. Think that's good. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Uh, I saw it like once as a kid, and honestly can't remember much details about it at all. Gary. It was got, the defining. It was, it was the defining movie of my childhood. Like that, your childhood. Yeah. Your child. How old out, were you? It, it was an intermediate when I saw it for the first time. So I was twelve. All right. That is a that is a hell of a time because I was really into history and there weren't movies about history and then to see one so real and pure. But <laughs> but bringing my other love of slightly bad heavy metal music and and slightly bad. It wasn't even just about history. It was also about the future. So they really brought everything in there. Yeah. George Carlin, Wild I, Stallions, The Princesses. I, I saw Bogus Journey in the cinema. That's how much I loved Excellent Adventure. And we were in the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure gang at at, uh, at, at Christian camp at summer. 
for a week. You formed a gang based around yeah. the franchise Bill yeah. and Ted. Yeah. Also, they allowed gangs at your French, Christian camp. Which wasn't a free, uh, it wasn't a franchise, to be fair, at that stage. And um, as much a gang can be at the top of the South Island, under the sun. This is like a walk through time with Gary mm-hmm. Turley. I love this. It? You've got a long way to go from there. Yeah. Well, a lot of people would also argue Christianity itself, kind of a gang. Oh, totally. Christianity itself, also a bogus journey. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> just, just, just throwing jabs at Gary's upbringing. Oh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't churchy. I just didn't have a dad, so they threw me on. They, we were allowed to go to these camps because they put them on for kids that didn't they, have people. I mean, to and, be and fair. And for the first six days, it was awesome. And then on the seventh day, oh, this party's a bit churchy. And it's, I mean, they did choose, choose a great space because if you didn't have a dad then why not go and hang out with the best dad of all like jesus's dad can we just appreciate for a second i wasn't churchy i just didn't have a dad that's one of the greatest sentences i've ever heard <laughs> and you'll, you'll hear it again on stage on because it, it doesn't really explain the the churchiness they no, don't go no, hand in hand well, well, if, if i didn't explain it after that no absolutely not <laughs> it's just le- leaving it linger it's like an 80s film uh, where you didn't have to explain shit speaking of 80s films are you a kate russell fan I am a Kurt Russell fan. Yeah. I am a massive Kurt Russell fan. Uh, he is he is the coolest man that, uh, on film of the eighties. Particularly, Bold claim. Uh, just honestly, have you how, heard how of much? Steve Gutenberg? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I have. But oh, Kurt Russell did something that most people can't, and that he gave Sly a personality for a film. Yeah, we just watched Rambo, so we can't really join with you in slamming on Sly because I'm not Blood? slamming on Sly, but there's no character there's development in Rambo. First Blood or Rambo Part Two? One of those is not an action film. One of them's an intense thriller that's just amazing. Yeah, one of those is a great fucking film, yeah. is what it is. And the other one was Ronald Reagan's Wet Dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's his favourite film. It's his favourite film ever. It's just. It's the um, softest machine gun noise ever. There was, I thought there was a helicopter. <laughs> like a helicopter yeah. way in the distance. Like, like way in the distance, about to start getting closer. How about you, Mars? How, how are you feeling about Kurt Russell? Uh, so here's the thing with me. I thought I was a massive Kurt Russell fan. Like. I remember when the Hateful Eight cast was announced, I was like, holy shit, Kurt Russell's going to be in this. That's awesome. And then I actually went back and thought about what Kurt Russell films I've seen, and it, it is a dismally small list. I genuinely think the first Kurt Russell movie I saw was Sky High. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Do you even know what that is, Gary? You're looking no, at very confused. I have no idea, and I feel like that's a good thing. Give, yeah. you, give your kids a few years and they'll show it to you. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like 11 when that came out. It's a Disney superhero feature. He plays the principal. At yeah, a, is his son's the kid that doesn't have the powers. Or yeah. But it's a high school, right? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. We're, it, the high school's located somewhere specific, though, isn't it? In the is skies. it in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm going to watch it just for that. The title tells you everything you need to know, apart from the whole superhero aspect. I love maybe some air-based learning, so I'm going to watch that film. <laughs> he can do anything he likes with Disney, Kurt Russell, because that was Disney's final words, was Kurt Russell. It was. Fun fact. No one knew why. He wasn't, he wasn't that famous. He'd done a couple of child films, well, you know, teenage films for Disney. And his last words that Walt Disney said were Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. It's no, weird did, that you he, know that. Did you look that up? No, it's a, just one of those facts that when you hear it, you're like, that's not going to leave my head. That's weird. Mm. Super weird. Kurt yeah. Russell's one of those guys that feels weird to ever just address him as Kurt. I feel like you've got to address him as his full name at all times. Like, not, not a Mr. Russell, not a Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. How Kurt are you Russell. doing, Kurt Russell? So what was the, what was the uh, Kurt Russell movie that you loved the most? Kurt See, and this is, this is what I was confused. I was looking through the list and I was like, I haven't seen shit. So Hateful Eight would be my favourite Kurt Russell movie. Over Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'll go on record saying that. <laughs> I think the Hateful Eight is a stronger motion picture than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Gary. <laughs> did you see I'll fight all, to the death of Did that. you see all of Hateful Eight and not just go, oh look, it's Tarantino's eighth and eighth best film? 
No, I've, I saw it on 70 mil it's and it was amazing. <laughs> All right, Mike, uh, for people who haven't seen the movie, Mike's going to give you a little synopsis now to uh, whet your appetite. In the future, crime is out of control and New York City's Manhattan is a maximum security prison. Grabbing a bargain and chip right out of the air, convicts bring down the president's plane in bad old Gotham. Gruff Snake Plissken, a one-eyed lone warrior, new to prison life, is coerced into bringing the president and his cargo out of this land of undesirables. Escape from New York. All right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back to talk about the movie. Wondering what to eat for dinner tonight? Try your food bag. Right, this is a bag that you get and you put food into it and then you come back to it later and you go, oh, I remember when I put this food in here. I'm going to eat it now. Your food bag. Um, so this is Escape from New York, the cult classic. And you might be going, what would be the best way to welcome you to New York? Oh, it's going to be synth. It's an amazing soundtrack. It is quite delightful. John Carpenter is gifted. John Carpenter with a tiny keyboard. <laughs> a tiny Casio keyboard using all the different settings. The writers of Stranger Things listen to that keyboard a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think John Carpenter's like soundtracks are like quintessential for the 80s and really set a, a very interesting musical tone for the rest of all B-movie them. But the the intro for this movie f- just felt like a 90s video game where they were asking yeah. you to swap uh, floppy disks. I miss opening credits with that special victims unit font. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it you're w- just telling me everything I need to know about the cast right out the gate. It went on for ages. It really it was very did. long, yeah. It was so long. And you had to read, there was a lot of reading to start a thing. Everyone always thinks Star Wars has a lot of reading. It doesn't. It's got a couple of paragraphs. This was just... Okay, okay, right, yep, yep, there's an island. Okay, oh, no, they're showing us the island now in computer-generated graphics, and boy, man, they had flash graphics in the future of 1997. Oh, they, I mean, it was beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. That's also, actually one of my favourite things about old movies that are set in the future where we're past that future now is looking back and going, what did you get right? What did you get hilariously wrong in terms of technology? Fashion is always the one that... They never really know. Although this fashion, I thought that they were pretty on point. The only part that they let themselves down was the concept that in 1997, every uh, man in a situation of authority would have a mustache. That and um, metal shin guards. Do you commonly wear metal shin guards wherever you go? Only on the island. Ah. All right. Once I'm on the island, I got to get those metal shin guards because, you know, that's the most common thing. People come up, kick you in the shins, steal your guns. In 1997, I was five. I had no reason to wear shin guards. Well, that's actually five is the perfect time to wear shin guards. Did you not play soccer? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You got to build up up those shins. I'll be honest, though. Most of my shin guards are plastic. Oh, well, I'm sorry your parents couldn't spring for spiked metal shin guard. <laughs> I also Did didn't you have really spiked understand. metal boots as well to go full-on sadistic? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really understand all the security guards wearing, like, welding masks as oh, well. Oh, man, visors were so in in yeah. 1997, according to this movie. Like, giant, like... I love that they built the wall around the surrounding land and not around the actual island and, and you almost like they went oh this is an oversight first scene some people trying to paddle away yeah oh, bomb yeah there we go we've explained they the water you straight away they explained the water and i went touche you got a proper moat yeah but your moat that has to be constantly patrolled by helicopters does not seem cost effective well my, my whole thing was i said crime increased by like 400 percent right in the grand scheme of walling off a city of like 1.5 million people, that's not really that much. It's but four times 
more crime, not 400% more. It just said, it was, yeah, so it's, it's not enough to wall off a city. I agree. I mean, the land value alone of Manhattan <laughs> seems <laughs> to be incredible. <laughs> like, probably in the trillions. And they were like, let's just turn that into a prison. They did choose an interesting location to wall off. Well, people <laughs> give, like, Trump shit about a wall. But these guys, this p- president serving in office in 1989 or whenever the wall went started up, building. He had to go out and pitch to the public... We're going to wall off all of Manhattan. I'm not going to shit on Alaska or Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> two in, in integral United States. But considering the gross domestic, domestic income of New York, it seems to be a, a foolhardy idea to wall off one of the major economic capitals of the world. <laughs> what a well, prison. Imagine if you had an apartment on the Upper East Side and then the government comes in and is like, yo, we need you out unless you want to live in a prison. And then some people just stayed. Drove a cab. Wait, wait, wait. Are you establishing that cabbie was not a criminal? Ernest Borgnine has been there forever. He he was there before it happened. Yeah. How something was still there. He certainly became one. He threw a Molotov like a boss. (laughs) He he knew stuff. He was, he's he's definitely the best character in this film. And they say, like, there's three things that you can see from space. The Great Wall of China, the Great Wall around Manhattan, and Ernest's eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) Or in this one, his teeth, because his smile the whole time is just... So it, it's he was he had the best time and he was such a good spike of energy. But we're, let's go back to the start. So it's 1997. Mm-hmm. All right, we already covered giant visors are in. OK, computer was just released. All right, prodigies probably just about to drop fat of the land, uh, and everybody loves ultra slow crane shots. This movie, I felt like every single shot was 30 to 80 percent too long. <laughs> And also yeah. 30 to 80% too dark, to be honest. It's so a dark movie. Just, what's happening? What's yeah. going on? It feels like Carpenter spends a long time setting up a foreboding tone, which was already there. Like, <laughs> like to be- back to the helicopter thing, he does film a helicopter come for a long time before it lands. Gets in there like, what are we looking at? And I'll be like, this is not actually pertinent to yeah. the scene. You just happen to be on a helicopter. There's a lot happens in the first five minutes. I'll tell you what I'm looking at. A helicopter slowly flying. Yeah. Come on, get it moving. There is, it's uh, It's eight minutes before we meet Snake. Mm. And then... Um, we meet, um, what, it's Mr. Burns with a moustache? Is the guy in charge, <laughs> yeah, of, in charge of the prison. <laughs> and yeah, he has earrings, which feels like a nod to the future, I guess. I didn't even notice he had earrings until like halfway through. And I'm like, hang on, has he got like a pirate hoop earring? What the? <laughs> just kicking it. He just it like a, yeah, didn't he? He had like a little dangly gem mm-hmm. on one side. Do you reckon the actor got to actual 1997? He's like, boy, we messed up. No, I don't think he got to actual <laughs> 1997. It was the ugly. Oh, sorry, it was the bad from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Wasn't it? Levi like, boy, did boy did life treat him well after that absolute <laughs> stunning blockbuster of the sixties. Oh man! It's like, he's like, yes, I'm on a tear. I'm always going to be at the top. Okay, give me that earring. <laughs> <laughs> give me that earring. And they had to decode the plane that was coming in. Which is mm. So great. There, I was like, yeah, of course. But also Camp David. So it was called like, the, it was David 16 or something. It's yeah. like Camp David is a huge military establishment. So I was like, the retreat, yeah. retreat, it's the holiday. Basically. Yeah, so I was like, no big surprise that this is Air Force One. And the computer was just slow enough to build suspense about, is it Air Force Eep. One? I love that she had her speech there. Like, she, she, like She's like, this is it. It was anti-socialism, right? Like she was one of the workers the, who hijacked the plane. She was like, I'm from the workers union. Yeah. Do you know how refreshing it was to see a white terrorist in the movie? 
That's true. Right that out the gate, it was true. like this is pre-hysteria, pre-any of that. Mm-hmm. White yeah. people are the bad guys, and it was just such a refreshing tone. And then all of a sudden, I'm watching a plane crash into a building in New York, and it's like, yikes. Ooh, yeah, I know. I forgot about that for some reason. And then so I was like, ooh. I also love the pod that they had. The egg <laughs> like, pod, yeah. Like, well, have a glider or something that you can throw in there. They just had an egg that seemed oh, to yeah, be... it just drops. And it just drops. Yeah, they see the building, uh, the, the plane crashes into... The you know <laughs> it crashes into somewhere you don't want to see a plane crashing. So they nearly got one thing right. Sadly about that film, does it go into one of the towers? No, no. no what no, building no. does it go into? Because it's a tall one. Generic. But building. then, they, but then you're seeing it. Okay, the plane's gone into the building, and then the pod just it's just dot 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 of it dropping and, to the in the middle like, of the building. Beep, 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 no beep, beep, matter beep, what's beep. happening in that pod, you're not living through it unless you're Mork. <laughs> no, right. I also noted that Mork was missing from. It's it's spherical, so it feels like it, it, aerodynamically it's gonna like land pretty fucking hard. There's nothing about it that seems to. No, my assumption is it has boosters, so when it detects ah. the ground, it's like. Uh, I was thinking some form of you know an inertia dampener or yeah, something. because there's know, no crater. That's like, true. No, no, yeah, yeah, it just lands yeah. in the. It's just in the rubble. Also, it lands perfectly yeah, after upright. crashing through like seventy floors, but <laughs> and, and with the door on top, so you just jum, had to push jum, it off. Jum, come, poof, air, boom, boom, it bounces down all of the stairs and then just rights itself. And then the whole time that's going on, the briefcase is just bouncing around, <laughs> attached to his wrist. That's how the president got that black eye. Also, <laughs> a pod. We're assuming that if, if it was probably not put in there for flying over New York, it would have been like flying over. I don't know what hotspot they thought 1997 was going to be really bad, like Auckland or something. But it was if they got shot out of the sky, the president could survive. Just the president. That's so if he landed need. in the middle of a war zone, this old guy was going to walk out and go, phew. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> the whole plan. It would have been nice to see some over-the-top security around it. Like if the pod had had like 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 machine guns that have been like you wanted Ah. to see like a Batmobile escape pod. Yeah, that'd be how that guy got his spiky blonde hair because he touched it first. (laughs) Romero. There was, too, there was too many deleted scenes in this movie. It just explains so much. Then, doesn't know, it? Yeah. <laughs> he was like this weird knockoff Steve Buscemi. He was amazing. I'm a big fan of Romero. Oh. So, to be fair, he came first. So Steve Buscemi is a really expensive knockoff of Frank of Doubleday. <laughs> the actor's name is Frank Doubleday. I looked him up because Frank I was like, I want to know what is happening. That is too posh. Here's I think we f- can all appreciate that. My favorite person in this movie. Like even more than Snake Plissken, he is just so a fet and weird and like a Rocky Horror picture sidekick. He's very Rocky Horror. <laughs> oh, and like so when funny. all of the soldiers approach yep. and he's just like, ha, ha. And they, they, they fold in so fast. Like they're all coming. They're like, oh, we gotta get the president. Oh, life or death. We gotta, oh, they have him. Okay, everyone back in the choppers. Let's like, go. You touch me, he dies. They do yeah. this, he dies. If you're not in the air in 30 seconds, he dies. 29. They, they had no reason to believe this crackhead could pull that off. Like that. Yeah. No, he had the ring. He had the, the, the finger cut off with the ring on it. He showed them. He oh, yeah. oh yeah. that's right. He did. T- yeah. It's real hard to argue with someone when they show you like a finger with a ring finger. on it. Yeah, yeah, Even so if you don't true. know the, like, you're not missing anyone, <laughs> you know, and you don't know anyone who wears big rings, but I'd still just be like, fuck oh, Something's well, going on. These, these guys have been presumably, well, they might not have been, but maybe they've been in prison for eight years because they've been there. But they still know who the president is. He's still a, he's still a household name, a household face in 
Well, that was President part of my Manhattan. issue with the pod is it had the president's seal on it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It should have just had a big obvious. thing with like nothing of note. Yeah, radioactive. Do not. Touch. Oh, that would yeah. have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, otherwise, their only knowledge of it, of him would be someone acting it out in that weird theater where we first see Kevin. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> when they just walk in because everything seems to be they like everything is bad, everything's evil, but they've got a really good sort of um, amateur. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think all prison populations should have some decent form of recreation, Gary. I'm quite big on that. I think you need a decent way to pass the time. Amateur theatre offers quite a good opportunity for that, particularly for finding employment after incarceration. <laughs> Car pumping's the job on that island. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Because now it's time to talk about the action room, where they have not one but two telephones to make sure that they can put Snake forward for the role. The scene was completely unnecessary of the two mustache guys being like, all right, put them on. Yes, can we? Yes. And okay, there goes two minutes of your life. For a movie that's only an hour and a half, for there to still be unnecessary scenes. So much how, unnecessary. Was this going to be just an episode of something if, <laughs> if they cut all that shit out? Until he lands in the city. They're, they're, yeah, that could have been all in that that thing we had to read at the start. No, no, because it's very important that they emasculate him as much as possible before he gets in there. Because yes. they, they take him in and he's like, I don't like needles. And then he hops up on the bench like a little kid. And they have like... It's, no, he goes, I don't like needles. Oh, God, he whispers he so whispers much. Everything. Of and yeah, my I take issue with that, Gary, because then we'd miss out on the line. I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. Which that's a very. It's just one of the coolest. Not even being sarcastic, and there's one of the coolest fucking lines I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. He delivers. Snake saying it. I'm saying leave it in. It's just all the other stuff of non-snake at the start of that film is is is, you know they're saying it in like normal volume and sometimes shouting. There's no need for that. It's caught in this weird limbo to start with, where it doesn't know if it's an action movie or like a political thriller. Like pick a theme, and and it stays there for a lot of the film. (laughs) Well, you're, uh, we're 25 minutes into the movie when he gets his very masculine silent glider. He's like, they just take the baddest guy. They have all of his guns lined up. He's like super muscular and he's like, here we go. And the, even the shots of him when he's in there is like that Metal Gear oh, solid yeah, lighting. Yeah, yeah. And the coloring he's, is he's amazing. Got, he's got like intense red on his face and a green like halo around him. Yeah. And he looks fucking badass. This is what starts my like childhood obsession with eye patches. And, and he's got this, <laughs> I really wanted to be in an accident where I lost an eye for many years. You know, you don't have to look. You can just wear an eye patch. That's the great nah, thing nah, about them. Because people fact, aren't into it. Kurt, Kurt Russell was just wearing an eye patch in this film. Uh, but um, this is where I got confused before with the World Trade Center. He's, he's only got one eye, so his depth perception would be horrible. And he lands a glider on top of the World Trade Center. He does? And that's where I got well, the Well, he's got that 1997 radio technology to help him guide the fucking thing. So here's something that my brother told me that completely ruined watching any of these sequences is they couldn't afford the 3D computer graphics for all of those, like, you know, where they mm-hmm. had the bright green line stuff. For clarity, this is 1981. So it would have been crazy expensive yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, like, they nailed it it looks exactly like all of that stuff except the problem is that so when that he's in there and he's looking at the monitors and they have the whole city like the 3d skyline all they did was build the skyline in little mo- uh, models and put glow-in-the-dark tape on them that's fucking awesome i don't i don't give you <laughs> so that ruins it for you i love creative film solutions like that it was like but it's like the idea that they're you know they would have seen like tron or something and yeah. been like oh yeah that's how you, that's what it should look like now how do we do that with no money it even kind of looks like uh like in star wars the locking system on the tie fighters that yeah. kind of that kind of graphic yeah 
They ended up using it later on. Uh, they reused the same model for Blade Runner. Really? The year after, yeah. Amazing. It's pretty cool. It, they look fucking good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. That model covered in tape. Oh, it looks the best yeah. effect in the whole film. It looks cool. It looks way more like New York when they just do that 3D model of that than all the three or four story buildings they drive past throughout the rest of the film. True. Yeah. There's, there's less height. That's all they could get. <laughs> right. Um, they have the... Uh, so I think the reason is depth perception doesn't matter is because all he does is like the computer lands it on the top and then he fires a grappling hook for some reason. Yeah. Boom, we're good to go. That's because he was going to go off the edge of the building because he hadn't tethered yeah, he himself. Because oh, he, he had land. no depth perception. Yes, there we go. I'll tell, yes. you, I'll tell you what he does have, which makes me very happy, is some amazing yoga pants. They're like yoga pants. Oh, there's skin tight camo pants. I was just confused more than anything. I I love his uh, black vest with unnecessary zips. Right. I don't quite know what the zips zips do, but they look great. Oh, zips and carabiners are cool, man. That's how you look like you're an action man. Yeah. He could have walked straight out of this movie and then just been in any early 80s new wave pop video. (laughs) And everyone would go on, yep. Yeah. Looks about right. Just slips the eye patch off, walk, yeah. fluffs he his hair up a bit. The only thing I'm disappointed by is that he lost his incredible brown leather jacket, which I was in love with. Why did he leave that in the glider? I don't, I don't know. He doesn't know how long. Well, he does. He's got 24 hours. So I guess he's like, <laughs> I don't need it. I'm not going to get cold. He also thought he was going back in that glider to fly at home. Like we're going to fall off the building and it was going to take them home. That is the plan. Yeah, it's a glider. It'll go down and yeah. then it'll get by the updraft. He should it. know it's not going to go according to plan, though. One thing that happens at this point, which never gets established and really confuses me for the rest of the movie, is how does he get down from the top of the, of the Twin Towers in such a way that it seems to take seconds? And yet the rest of the movie takes hours. Yeah, yeah it's the one thing that's <laughs> it does, quick it just, The thing that definitely <laughs> takes half an hour. They're like, it's minutes. 55 floors, you'll have to walk it. Done. In yeah. this version of 1997, there's actually a fireman's pole down the entire Whee! length of the World Trade Center. He comes down, his hands are literally just fire. Well, <laughs> it also just kind of just tripped bumps. me out seeing the World Trade Center in a movie again. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. that's right. And it was prominent. It yeah. Was, it, was the, it was the focal point of all of it. Heavily featured. Yeah. Like, it was almost like they were foreshadowing something shit was going to happen to these fucking buildings because they're like, there's only one place we can land. Like, there was such a centerpiece of the movie. It's like, do you realize how significant a world event these buildings are going to be? And they didn't. Well, just building them was such a significant world mm. event. So it's there's so many movies that have them as the centerpiece because they were in the Because had only been up a few years. Yeah. yeah. One, one little uh, bit of dialogue that I really don't want to gloss over is that when he was coming down on the plane, um, uh, Mr. Baines said to him, uh, what are you doing? And he said, playing with myself. I'm going in. I don't know why he said that. It was a real what? weird throwaway line. Like he hasn't really <laughs> thrown out a zinger at any point. No. Mm. Up until now, and then he just does that. Isn't being sassy at all, and then he's like, "I got this. It's happening." Yeah. I like to. You have an explosive a- in your neck, Snake. <laughs> yeah. Like, can we take this seriously? I, li- I like. I-, I like to think there's a scene there that explains why he said that. They just forgot to put it in because there was too much kick-ass helicopter shots needed at the start. <laughs> can you pitch to me what that scene would be that explains? I think we'll get there. <laughs> no, I, I think what it was is that he. <laughs> They, they were like when they went to get him out of his cell he's just joking <laughs> what are you doing playing with myself <laughs> playing with myself you're always playing with yourself now we've got a mission for you why do you think they call me snake <laughs> oh god it is so it's, trouser snake plus skin well that's, he has a trouser snake right <laughs> it's so hard to look like oh, yeah. I'm like he's badass he's badass he's badass then they have him with his shirt off later I was like you have a giant snake going around your junk mm-hmm. <laughs> It's badass. It just looks like it's been taped on, and it's just to say, here's your dick, 
And it's just a it's a straight up dick it's, tattoo. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. It's cool as shit. I love it. Uh, speaking of uh, things that are awesome, he has the biggest little gun ever created. Uh, I see what you're saying. He, it's so <laughs> massive for a little. It's a Mark Ten, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a um, semi automatic yeah. machine gun pistol yep. mm-hmm. with a suppressor on it mm-hmm. and a rifle scope. Yep. When you need to kill people at a distance with a short range weapon, it silently. looks comically <laughs> off balance. So. It looks so hard to use. I love it. It looks amazing. I love this movie so much. That's the thing is, he is, is his character design is amazing. Mm. Like it's kind of the timeless, yeah. I, 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 the one time I've dressed up for a Halloween party, I dressed as Snake Plissken. You've only dressed up one time for a Halloween party? One time in all his years. Because I'm not that kind of person. You guys are animals with movie trivia. Was this the kind of pioneer of the the whole archetype of eyepatch characters being fucking badass? Well, you used to pirate films. Well, I think this was like one of the first like badass eyepatch. On Uh, on screen outside of pirates, uh, Nick Fury in the comics... Has had, had an eye patch from the seventies, so I was not expecting to see a drag show in this movie. No, there's a lot of things that just kind of come out of left field. But I mm. think that's the, that's the kind of things I like seeing is this whole culture this prison has developed just on their own accord. That's cool, and I like just I do like just seeing the snippets of it with no explanation because it was also that was a safe space. Like <laughs> nothing was happening in there. They were just like everyone's just enjoying this show. Not as much as Cabby's enjoying the show, though. Is that where we first come? Yeah, that's because he is so into that show. (laughs) (laughs) Although the first chance to get out of there, (laughs) oh, you're gonna leave it? Yeah, I'm going after him. (laughs) Well, because he recognised Snake, which was one of the great world-building elements, and also a great gag of this show, of this movie. You're Snake Plissken. I heard you were dead. (laughs) Wait, is that Snake Plissken? I heard he was dead. Hey, you guys talking about Snake? Plitzkin? Yeah, he's over here. He's not dead. If this movie was from the early 2000s, the twist at the end would have been he actually was, was dead. <laughs> but 80s hadn't really caught on to that twist ending just yet. Yeah, it would just be that last scene. He's like, good work, Snake. And he's like, Snake? Snake died 20 years ago. <laughs> or like, then a gust of wind blows by and he disappears. Or if it was late period M. Night Shyamalan, it would turn out he was an actual snake. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of snakes... Snake was wandering through the hallway trying to use the tracker thing to find the president. Right. And he comes across who he thinks is the president. And something is going on there between two men that I can't understand what it is. Oh, he was just beating him. Was he, though? Yeah, but, but he was into it. Yeah, yeah. The guy being beaten was really into it. <laughs> no, the guy who was being beaten was not um, mentally sound. <laughs> is that what we're going with? Yeah. Let's not I'd say like to... 90% of the inmates weren't mentally sound, to be honest. I'm the president. I woke up with this and I knew when I had it, I'd be president. <laughs> oh, it was, that <laughs> was, was so the creepy. saddest basement I've ever been to. It was so Been horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good this movie is. You feel like I was, feel like I was I there. Did. Yeah, because like everything because they hit like all these visceral moments where I'm like, oh. And it was the first time Snake actually seemed badass, but right after he seemed really not badass. Because mm, like, all of his plans just turns to shit, and it's like, what do you do now? And so he goes and takes a seat by the egg. The movie at this stage in that building is so weird that you think this is just going to be one of the trippiest, weirdest films of all time. And then he goes back to the and egg. boy, how and wrong you were. Yeah, but this is, where it takes, was. this is where it takes a really weird turn when we meet the crazies. Because the crazies feel like they're from a different movie. They're, they're very horror-based. Like I felt um, like they were 
constantly about to start a musical number. <laughs> like yeah, the, I can see why you'd think Like that. the way that they moved just felt very theatrical. Like they mm. were all going to... Yeah, exactly. Like it had a little bit of a um, West Side <laughs> Story. Dun, dun, dun. Or like... Th- yeah, West Side <laughs> Story meets each Thriller. <laughs> under the boards. We're under the boards. Eating your feet from under the boards. I, I, I was thinking... I was literally out loud singing Thriller the whole time <laughs> that they started creeping out from the ground chasing after them. You're a fun guy to watch movies with, Gary. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just after this, where we meet Carousel's wife. Can I please say this? Because at the start of the film, when they when they're going through the credits, uh, it's it, yeah, Kurt Russell, um, Lee Van Cleef, Ernie, and then it comes up and a special appearance by Susan Hubley, and you're automatically struck by the fact that you've never remotely heard of someone called Susan Hubley in your life. And and before I still I, haven't, as no, far as I'm concerned. But a, a lot of the a lot of the more famous characters in this film come after her their name. At the start, you're like, a, a special appearance by Susan Hubley. And then we get to this room. What's her character's name? Lady in Chuck Full of Nuts. <laughs> That's her whole part. How do you say yes to that when you get the contract? Oh, uh, yes, I'd like to be Lady in Chuck Full of Nuts. <laughs> and then ter- we read up, and it turns out that that's Kurt Russell's wife at the time. And he got her a, a, the, the big break of her life. The first part that comes up when you look up her IMDb is... Lady, <laughs> I'll be. I don't think she did a bad job. I think she's pretty good. She did. No. Um, she, was she, she was definitely not giving that pack of cigarettes back. <laughs> oh no! no. <laughs> she, she's she's like I, she's very clear about yeah, that. Well, like very seamlessly, she like has takes one out and just is like these are mine now. And then she's the victim of the most horror film scene of that yeah. entire movie because she gets pulled through she the ground she just pulled through the ground which is weird yeah. we've seen them come out of like sewer vents and stuff like that and it's like oh they just come through the floor now and I think this is what I was talking about that weird kind of mismatch of tones and genres mm, yeah. it does get very horror and very Borderline supernatural, I'm going to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Like, the next five minutes is a zombie movie. Yeah. yeah. Out of nowhere. Oh, wait, but before before that attack started, he had one of my favorite uh, quips of the movie. And she goes, you're a cop. And he goes, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. I was yeah, like, yeah. Good work, Snake. It's not a profession, Snake. Snake. Yeah, just, you'd be amazed. Wait, wait, no, I mean, you need an actual job. <laughs> or do I? Oh, is this what talking to you is going to be like? Or is it? <laughs> I just like that idea that he says that's his way of putting her off the scent of being a cop. No, I'm an asshole. Oh, okay, because no cops have ever been an asshole, so we'll yeah. move right oh, along. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. And now I'm going to die. Especially oh. cops in this universe that willingly arrest people and put them in this fucking hellhole oh, of a yeah. prison. This was also the great um, signifier of his suppressor being really just for show. Mm. Is he has a silencer on his gun and yeah. it's like, go, 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 go. And all yeah. of them are like, ah. And that guy gets his hand shot off. Oh, yeah. Which is very true. gory, like out of nowhere, because we hadn't had that for a while. And yeah. not, not horror go- gory. Again, it, it's straight up cheap action film yep. gory. Mm-hmm. And then in, when he's running away, he drops that thing. The radio. That and that thing breaks. The radio? No. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> it's military hardware and should be okay to drop on the ground from waist height. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, like not in this 1997, all right? <laughs> Cabby saves him. Cabby reveals that the Duke has got him. He's got the president. Cabby was such a relief at this point in the movie. Oh, yeah, I, when they're chasing him down the down the alleyway, and it's like, he's dead, he's dead. Yeah. We had but, not had a character yet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, we yeah, Snake had hinted at being a character, mm. but he was just like, his whole hinting was, yeah, I'm an asshole. Uh, yeah. So when Cabby turns up and was like, do you guys want to see a movie? And I was like, I do. And he's like, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, get in. I'm used to this stuff. As he lights a Molotov cocktail yeah. and just blows them all I up. loved how nonchalant that was. Yeah. That's the best scene of the film. It was as nonchalant as their naming of that character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, to be fair, that's probably the most realistic thing. You get a bunch of blokes just in one place. They always just, what do you do for a living? Cab driver. KB. Oh, Snake, you want to go meet the smartest guy in town? Let's go see Brain. <laughs> Although I love that, uh, that like the narrative undercut this automatically. Oh, you're gonna like this guy, Brain. Oh, Brain knows every Brain. Oh, he's in this big Brain. Oh, Brain. Hey, Harold. <laughs> I was like borderline convinced I was hearing these nicknames wrong. Like, yeah. is he really called Kebby? Is he really called Brain? <laughs> Adrian Barbo. Oh yeah, she, uh, that perm was killing it. A man should remember his past. And then they had a conversation about Fresno Bob, which I thought was fun. Everyone's to know more about Fresno Bob. That's the spin-off movie. I just I, Fresno Bob sounds like a fun guy. A man should know his past, and the only thing we found out about that is Brain had done the dirty. We never really found out about that past. So well, he ran out. wasn't a man. Yep. That was but the, that's what we learned. We yeah, didn't learn any detail. cool like We didn't need oh, any more. Again, again, I like flashback. imperfect details like that in movies. Yep. I don't need to know everything. In real life, I don't need everyone's backstory. Like, we never found out why everyone thought Snake was dead. Yeah. And it didn't matter. What it was fun was that everyone thought it. And much yeah. the same as it's like, we knew that Brain had ditched down on him. I, I just think it's nice world building. You'd learn about people's reputations. Yeah. You don't need to know why they've got the reputation. Yeah, you sometimes just know you can just figure out, like, why would a man put chandeliers on his car? <laughs> Why Man. not? I mean, so, so <laughs> Why would they? Something like yeah. we need to talk to them, and then they're like, "No, we need to get out of here." So they get away just as the gang rolls up in the flattest part of New York, building-wise. When I saw the car with chandeliers hanging on it, uh, and it drove up, I was like, "I love it! I love it! I love it!" And I was like, "The only way that this could be better is if it had hydraulics." And then it was like, <laughs> and I was like, "I love you! Thank you!" <laughs> the slowest hydraulics. It was ever so great. Duke. I thought Duke was awesome. Like yeah. Isaac oh, Hayes, oh, yeah. I thought he was really fun. Of like, he was not an over the top. No, character. He, was, he was quite understated considering what he was. Yeah, for sure. But um, I at that point, admittedly, was a little disappointed. I was so prepared for the Duke to be this hyped up mystery man behind the curtain, and I was so prepared to never meet this guy, to never see. Now him. you're giving this movie too much credit. No, no, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm applying too much kind of 2010s movie logic to it. I knew he was coming though because before a special appearance by Susan Hubley when you see Isaac Cage you're like Chef yeah where's he coming you realise halfway through the film we haven't seen Chef uh, and there's only one more character Jesus Christ you paid attention to the cast no, really, if, yeah, yeah, if you love South Park <laughs> as much as I do and you see Isaac Cage is going to be there you're like oh hello children you couldn't knock because the credits took seven minutes so. the yeah. credits took a long time they, they froze on names for a long time <laughs> a long to time. really let it sink in that Lee Van Cleef was going to be... Meanwhile, I was just busy talking to my brother about video game loading times and how we used to be <laughs> excited about our friends who had an extra disc drive on their Amiga 500. So Jesus. then Snake steals a station wagon. They drive off. They take a weird shortcut. Oh, the grand the weird shortcut ever. But the Grand Snake Auto was so weird. Like, yeah. he, the guy has bars on the window and still manages to get knocked out. <laughs> This is, this is the thing I was watching with my wife and she was like, oh, I love it in these movies where you just hit a person and they get knocked out. It's like, yeah, they don't do that anymore. Nah. When people get hit, they're like, oh, this hurts a lot. And then they have to like get stamped on them. It's like, oh, yeah. They're, they're Michael Pena and Ant-Man is the only one I can think of oh, that, that knocks people out cold. Oh, just with the one. 
We, we, yeah, we were talking about that for five minutes after it when we did it because it's the most blatant one punch knockout. The mm. one where he, and that, he yeah. almost narrows his arm to get that. I mean, and, and that's then, super bad for you. What a great um, carter to pimp out though. Like mm. it's, it's a wood panel station wagon <laughs> with all these. And then, like you say, the weirdest short. Like what is don't the take line? Broadway. Take this piece. It's the better. Okay. What's, what's wrong with Broadway? Cut to head on a stick. Oh, <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> And then it's like all of the people on Broadway just seem to hang out like every night. They just hang out holding rocks. Mm. <laughs> but we're at these very low buildings and you're thinking maybe we're on the outskirts of New York. No, we're in the middle of you're, New York. You're so stage. fixed on the low well, buildings. It was because I was just like, Gary, <laughs> New York, why are these, why does it look like Hamilton? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm fully with you though. There was so many parts of it. It's like this could be anywhere. I know it's. I know for it's, a movie called Escape from New York, the one place it couldn't. They be. told you it was Broadway. <laughs> they yeah, verbally exactly. told you it was Broadway. I'm a big fan of show not tell. All right. <laughs> Just, they keep yeah. showing us the, the the two shots. They the times they paid the um the person to go up in a plane and take shots of the uh, World Trade Center twice. Okay, mm. they they could have taken a picture of like. I don't know, the Empire State Building as well, just just for one other building. So then uh, we get to the train cars. <laughs> oh, train camp. Uh, this is where Snake has to try and break out the presents from the trains. Oh, I guess a sick throwing knife in the head. Oh, yeah, there's a nice ninja star moment, which was fun. I tell you what, if I had headphones on, that would have hurt because the sound effects for that strong star hit was a... There's one thing I would say about the, the copy that I heard. I don't know if anyone else did. The mix was awful. Yeah, I think the one I had was pretty bad as well. Okay, so I thought yeah. that every time there was a gunshot, I was like, oh. I was like, wow, that, that was loud compared to everything else that's yeah. happening. Blow okay. my TV speakers. Mm. Actually, because right after this, I had real issues with it. They did like a funk synth over the fight scene. Yeah. And it completely took all of the pop out mm. of like, like, they were like, this was a big moment. Like he's trying to fight these guys off. This is, he finally had the president. They were getting, and it's like, and then one of the guys holding him when the Duke walks up is a pirate. Yeah. He's like literally dressed as a pirate. <laughs> I was like, you can't have a ne like a neo-futuristic pirate with his eye patch and wonderful camo pants next to a guy wearing like <laughs> a, a vest and ruffled shirt being like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lee Van Cleef's got his little earring going, no, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Tell me why we can't have that, Stephen. Tell me why we can't have <laughs> there's that. There's a scene just after this where, we, where there's like Lenny Kravitz like, and then a guy who looked like he was cosplaying as a Ninja Turtle because he had like goggles on and a vest mesh made out of like bottle caps. Oh, I just mail. learned real quickly not to question people's outfits. Oh, it, it is, was. It is what it is. Because you're talking about when he wakes up, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, because yeah, yeah. they'd established what their gang kind of looked like. They were a little bit Mad Max. But mm. yeah, then we woke up, it was like Mad Max meets idiocracy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, they didn't quite have any logic to what was going on. Also, they had like all four of them pointing shit at him. They, they had a crossbow mm. pointed at him and they'd taken his shirt off for some reason. Uh, yeah, I was just quite confused. I was like, that was why he wasn't tied down. Like, they were all just hanging out, waiting for him to wake up and Instead, like as soon as he wakes up, <laughs> we are restraining him. I mean, to be fair, the island's been cut off for a while. Like they have much more access to humans than they do rope. <laughs> we used to tie people humans, up, but they would break. Dime a dozen, but rope is in short rope. supply. Uh, There's a great bit where um, the president's like tied up. The duke's getting he's to tied say, up. <laughs> <laughs> "They could spare it for the president." It's far less of a threat. But he's like, he's getting to say, "You are, you are the Duke of New York, a number one." Which is a, like a really fun payoff right at the end yeah. of the movie. It's also this president's accent is all over the place. He's 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 just British. 
He is. He is. Yeah. As all good American presidents were after 1776. Donald, Donald Pleasance actually had a, a bunch of backstory for why America would have a British president, but uh, John Carpenter didn't want to use it, so they just didn't bother mentioning it. Yeah. I felt like that was half the movie, is there is a lot of backstory for this person that we don't want to yeah. use. Yeah. And because there's none, he walks up and you're like, Oh, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Because yeah, that's the only, I'm like, it's Blofeld. It just is. Super is that your weird. Oh, okay. well, well, that's the only thing I could think of that Donald Pleasance had been in. Well, he's apart the, from this. He's a doctor in Halloween. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah he is too. Yeah. And he's also cool. very good in a very good episode of Columbo. Where he plays a wine expert. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's you big, are a that's, fucking walking IMDb page. <laughs> Jesus that's Christ. That's bigger than Blofeld. I'm, I'm a f- <laughs> In a Bond film. His performance in that particular episode of Columbo, I, I would recommend people see Charles. <laughs> he plays a sommelier who, oh, it's so good. Oh, oh. Anytime Mike is, is like trying to sell people on Columbo makes me happy. You know, you know Columbo's stuff though, for the very reason they show you the murder at the start and you just can't get past that and enjoy the rest of it. And and the time that Shatner was on it, did you watch the Shatner yeah, episode? That's a good one. Oh, you've seen them all. Sorry. Does this strike you as a man that hasn't Sorry. seen Sorry. the Shatner episode, Gary? Sorry. I've, I've seen all of them. So, the chopper comes down. Wait, no, before the choppers, before the choppers, there's a really great Romero moment because he has the killer, it's like a Goblin King salacious crumb laugh where he's like, ah! <laughs> That's what it is. Salacious crumb. Salacious That's crumb, what he yeah. Is, he's much, yeah. totally yeah. channeling. Yeah, he's mixed with Labyrinth and, and Return of the Jedi. That is the perfect mix. Oh, he was <laughs> And he just looks like a punk Andy Circus the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He deserved more than he got in this movie. God, yeah. He, he deserved a way better death scene as well. And so they, they steal the tape so that we know that that's happened. Chopper's now, land. I had missed, before they stole the tape, the point of the tape. So I watched the start <laughs> and I went, it was in the bit I was meant to read. Yeah, something <laughs> there was so the much Soviets, reading. Right? The, the, ta- the tape was meant to say the, something that brought peace to the world. Yeah, it's a, it was the details for how to use cold fusion, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nuclear yeah. fusion, yeah. What, and it was just on a cassette? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just that's the most key thing. It's just on a bloody cassette, <laughs> mate. Please, you could have at least printed out. Up, could have at least done some high speed dubbing to another. Well, cassette, yeah, you got to put cassette. it in the player and some fucking assholes recorded over it. Yep. Or better, you start it and it just chews up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> just get your pencil out. The fun bit is when the uh, the chopper lands. One of the guys clearly like stumbles quite badly. Yes. But they're like, oh, we can't take this again. I didn't. So I didn't mention this because we talked about Rambo uh, in our previous episode. But there's a, a one of the army recruits slips over on a rock in that as well and, and I was like because oh, there's nothing if you're just an extra like the guy hopping off the helicopter you, you can't keep flying in those helicopters you're yeah, just the guy f- who fell over the and first one fucking looked like expensive as well also it's, it's like the uh, stormtrooper who hits his head yeah. coming in through the mm. thing but that one even like the audio good. makes the cut like <laughs> donk, donk. No, they add, and then they added more audio in to yeah, really get that across so this is where we had a huge time jump there's just two hours left this was so great because this is an intense time jump uh, so they knock him out so that they don't have to film during the day right yeah yeah. Mm. <laughs> they're like we can't afford to film in New York during the day I was like you can barely afford to film in New York during the night so we got we're at the arena though right mm-hmm. oh things change here this becomes mental this goes very like leans into the B-moviness until it's like it's weird frog town kind of stuff it's something that would happen in a bad, Jean, a very bad Jean-Claude Van Damme type mm-hmm. movie, a knockoff where all of a sudden it's a fight that he has to actually compete in. What was the, the point of, of this fight? It was for him to die? I think it was just for Duke's uh, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he's fight. just one of one of Duke's boys now and has to Do a fight thing. in an yeah. arena. I, I fully agree, though. I fucking hate when movies just cut to a fight club for no reason. We just yeah. walk into the room and I was like, hey, fight. Blood, blood. No, it's just, it's just a moment of badassery. 
which it feels kind of like what this is meant to be, but it's not a fun fight to watch. No. That, I think that was my issue as well, was where he hadn't really had too many moments of Snake beating the shit out of people. And so I was like, oh, okay, at least maybe we'll get that. And then it just... Also, was, yeah, they didn't like they didn't do like fisticuffs first. They gave them bats yeah. straight away. They, they tried to he tried to avoid the other guy until he got him with a good shot to the back of the head, which I, I liked. I liked that, but I'm, it was also kind of like I'm yeah, glad, that was what was going to happen. I'm glad mm. there was only one shot though. That that is a time where one one hit can actually do the job when there's nails off the back of a club <laughs> <laughs> and it goes through the back of his head. I'm glad he didn't go. Oh, <laughs> but he did the most. He did the saddest death. He just falls onto the <laughs> yeah. ropes. Oh, he's yeah. just he's on the ropes, dangled over them with his stomach. The best is that then, when the president goes missing, everyone just leaves. He didn't have one friend in there who was gonna like take him off the ropes and be like, close his eyes and be like, "I'm sorry, Ox Baker, you didn't make it." No, the president's got away. We explained this to all of you earlier. How we had the president. Remember, he's gone. They had the president in a wig too. Mm-hmm. They're all incredibly loyal to the Duke, man. As soon as, as soon as his interests are on the line fuck your friend yeah everyone just runs off yeah Donald Pleasance was in, was in a long blonde wig which is actually his idea he thought it'd be, it'd be like good for the character to show him being more like shamed yeah Donald Pleasance was trying so hard oh, this oh, he's crazy there, there's times where an actor puts their stamp on it and it works and there's times where it doesn't really add a lot, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, so one point where an actor really put a stamp on it that made me happy in this movie was the featured extra who came in and did, listen, listen, the president's gone. Brains took him. And you know that actor like forced his family to watch that every yeah. Thanksgiving. So we cut back to the tower and for some reason they're trying to knock the glider off the building. These people are awful at, um, at, at salvage. <laughs> All right. That, that, yeah, how did they, they know the glider was? A, did I miss that? Did they they, they know okay, the glider was up okay. there. Okay, he could get away. We've got the president. They've got the president. We could, we need to walk to the top of the World Trade Center because we think a glider that no one saw land mm-hmm. is up there. <laughs> I do not know how both of you missed this. When he comes down from the roof and he's in there, he tells, uh, oh, he uh, he radios yeah. them, well, and they have a heavy synth riff when someone runs in the background. Uh. <laughs> It is like a heavy duty, like nope. Nope. Uh, that was the person who went. Oh shit! All of them like lost any idea of what a glider is or what a glider does. They just thought it was a terrifying monster that lived on top of the building that oh, they're trying yeah. to kill. Let's release the grappling hook holding this monster. <laughs> but that, effect, that effect of the glider falling down. As my friend watching it went, we. That was one of those moments we didn't need to show. We we understood that a glider falling off the World Trade Center <laughs> is a long way. But then you showed, and you're like, if. It, it fell so it was, daintily, it, was, it, was, it yeah. would have landed. It was poorly shot. <laughs> but was, then they shut the elevators and you see the fingers on the other side of the elevators as oh, it you? shuts. Uh, yes, the people that get into the elevator shut the elevator. Like they press a button and then you see the door shut. And then right on the end of it, it keeps going. To be going, fair, no one's been serving that, servicing that lift for many years. <laughs> but that's, that's, a, that's that one guy's one job. That's the one guy's one job is to not get his hand in the shot. And he just, okay, do it. You, Kurt, you're shutting the elevator. Okay. Do you remember that time that we um, we took an entire steam engine out of the front of a car just for a gag of like, ah, I've got a crossbow on you when they tried to start the car yeah, and they were like, why isn't it starting? It's an easy task. It's not hard to like clear an engine well. well and we should probably, if we're going to threaten them with it, we should probably stand near the steam engine, right? Cause yeah, yeah. Because nothing's wrong. And with leave it running because you don't want to waste it, do you? Well, to be fair, you're locked in Manhattan. You've got time on your hands. <laughs> 
<laughs> just yeah. hanging out. Like, I mean, no, no you, one's there doing their degree. No you've one's got doing a, their bachelor's while they're incarcerated. You've got to wait for them to come down the Twin Towers again. So you've got like a good hour and a half to just fuck around with a car. Hey, Duke, should we go up? No, let's let's take this engine out of the car. As we've practiced many, <laughs> many times, times over the last seven and years. stopwatch begins. <laughs> oh, can Jeff beat his record? These guys are like F1 mechanics. They're just in and out just <laughs> like that. <laughs> The one tools that survived, whereas an F1 pit crew got, a, got arrested once for fixing a race and went to New York. So luckily all this happened, which allowed Snake Plissken to distract everybody who the Duke had assembled with one felt shot. Mm-hmm. Because everyone's the one thing that, that prisoners are afraid of the most is steam. Finally. Um, also, he's been hobbling for 30 minutes of this movie now. Well, he got shot in the leg with the arrow. And, <laughs> yeah, they, just, and like, then they ow, used ow, it ow. every time they touched it. That was the most pain. And then oh. they let it go. And we see nothing else happen. To this, so he's still got the arrow in there, at least the head. No, of it. no, yeah, the head no, of it. Maybe. The head of it. They would have cut it off, but yeah, he's just, just it's a power limp. He's just kicking at it. At some point, there, there would be blood, but no, not in those yoga pants. They're yeah. too tight. Call me old fashioned. I don't like my action heroes limping for half the movie. <laughs> I don't not mind for if half. It needs to be like the last tenth. Or I, don't, so. I don't mind like in a McLean where he had walked on broken glass with. Feet well, but the, the McLean is like a descent into pain and suffering, right? And the same with a bunch of other ones. Like even Rambo, he gets like messed up more and more and more through. Whereas this is just he gets shot in the leg and he's like, ow. Snake acts like it's going to really affect him for years to come. He's going to remember. Man, my leg's still sore from that. Oh, the amount of triathlons <laughs> he wanted to do. So here's where the, where the chase happens across the bridge. Oh, because Cabby comes and gets them. Yep. They talk about the tape, which is very convenient. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I'm suddenly all, important again. Yeah, I'm your escape mechanism, and I have the, the, the MacGuffin. The, here yeah, you go. incredible. Um, guys, um, someone forgot the tape. Oh, shit, get Cabby to get it. Get Cab- also, they're, they're like, for how worried they were about this bridge, they motored across it. Oh, yeah, yeah. and, and disregarded it, the advice of Brain multiple cause, times. Because Brain said he's got the map, so he knows exactly where the mines are. And mm. he said, okay, hard right here. Now, a hard right is a 90-degree turn on a straight line. <laughs> Tr- traditionally, and, and he, yes. And, and he went, and he saw that the person tried to go right, Cabby tried to go right, and funnily enough, it wasn't a hard right needed, and it blew the cab perfectly in half, and everyone was fine, except for Cabby, who just got obliterated. And then I was out of the film after that. Cabby was gone. The thing yeah. is, he, he kind of like cemented his own fate when he left him the first time around, when he said no one, no one crosses Duke, and then he ran off because he was a coward, so he needed to die. I did need to die, but, you know... That, uh, yeah, that was unexpectedly heavy. Yeah. <laughs> he he had to go. He had to die. I was emo- emotionally invested in Cabby. I wasn't when when brain brain. So that was a weird moment too. Super weird. Right, everyone go. Well, now, so wait, we should never have been listening to Brain? <laughs> yeah, Brain just walks on the mind that he's angry that no one listened to him about. And then say, hey, do you want to come? Did he do it to prove a point? Maybe. But then she goes, oh, do you want to come? And she just gives Snake one look. And he goes, yeah, you're going to commit suicide. Fine, I'm out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, what not a waste. Should, at least hop up on the car and shoot. Like she, oh, that but was, she just yeah. said that. And she was a, a bad decent shot. Go at it, eh? And like, she was a bad shot. But let's all acknowledge that she caught the gun while making eye contact with Kate Russell. That was badass. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, I remember watching and just going, wait, did he just chuck her the gun? Is that what happened? Because <laughs> you don't see her catch the <laughs> no, gun. You no, just see her off. Like It's from shoulder up, and she just does like the shoulder shrug of catching the and gun. And then he's running off empty-handed. And you're but like, we're going. Oh, in that one scene, she, had, she, had, she was more badass she than was, Snake yeah. in the entire film. She just went, 
you kill my... I'm going to stand here and I'm either going to take you out or I don't want to live in this world without brain. <laughs> she, she did that for You made brain. it sound so poetic until you put the stank in your tone yeah, on I know, brain. I, I feel like brain. that might have been the point. Because well, you don't brain know their history. Not, brain was not worth it. Brain. Harry Dean Stanton clearly was like, I don't like this film. <laughs> <laughs> like Ple- Pleasance is trying, and Stanton just mm. was uh, just his infliction on everything was off, and he was just like, <laughs> I'm sure that's one of his lines. Yeah, just, for the guy who's uh, supposed to be the smartest guy in the room, he shouldn't sure come across yeah, that way no. a lot of the time. Like Romero's smarter than Brain. <laughs> All right, he man. was Romero's smarter than everyone. Um, so, so this is we we were all oh, the build up to the big fight, and I was so excited for the big fight. I was like, they're gonna show down. We're gonna see Snake and Duke. Cause Snake and Duke are gonna oh, it it's feels gonna like it's gonna be like a they live kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and the president's out, so you know it's good. And then once he got in the thing, I was like, oh, he's out. So what's gonna oh no? And then he just the president dangled Snake. <laughs> I thought he wasn't gonna bring Snake up. I thought he was gonna be yeah. like, ah, ha, ha. which is a great scene. And yeah. a great way to finish that because they would. Oh, actually, we lied. What are you going to do about but it? But which would have been cool when, like, you know, Snake like gets over and he's like, ah, revenge. But the president was using him as bait to murder Duke, <laughs> which I thought was cool. Uh, like, Donald, uh, clearly, Donald Pleasant had a, had a narrative in mind that like the president was incredibly broken and destroyed and went through all this mental trauma, and this was his catharsis. But uh, it's, it, it feels like it's in a separate movie. Yeah. I, I, look a good, I love a good endgame involving multiple winches of people. <laughs> <laughs> so many winches. That was so slow. It was like, okay, Duke's shot those two people, the two guards at the top of the wall, but, but couldn't shoot Snake, who's just dangling yeah. there. And then all of a sudden the president comes up and all of a sudden he's the greatest shot in the history of man. But Donald Pleasant's delivery Donald- of, you're the Duke A number one. No, no was- <laughs> Fucking cool. It was from a different film again. It felt like... We, we do have like, this weird mismatch of films at this point. Yeah, that are all smashing together. Because even the end, like, you get the aftermath and it's all, like, calm and, like, locked in. And the president's being shaven while having makeup put on him. Yeah, and that guy who's shaving him doesn't seem to have a fucking clue what he's doing. <laughs> he's just Does like, he really have to make a, a presidential address, like, right immediately? <laughs> he had, so he did, because yeah, he, he was did. supposed to be at the summit, and everyone was coming out of the summit, and they needed to play that tape. <laughs> so it needed to be heard. But then Snake comes up and is like, a lot of people died to save you. And Donald Pleasance is like, yeah, that was nice of them. Which what, is fair, but, as the president. What did Snake want him to say? He's like, Snake was the one in there just gunning also, people down can, as well. You can like, have anything you want. <laughs> gunning I just down wanna, possibly I want a moment of your time. It's like, Snake, you're an idiot. He's like, you would have needed a moment of my time to tell me the thing that you wanted. So uh, you're getting it either way. So there's no way Snake gets far enough away from that base. At, at they're still on, are they at Liberty Island? Mm-hmm. So he's still on the island that you can't get off when he gives him the wrong tape and walks away. But he does oh, destroy yeah. the tape. <laughs> he, well... He kind of does. I'm pretty sure if they... Oh, you'd tape that back together. I would tape that back together, even if it was just to record more... Yeah, that's got to be some heinous treason, like right after he's been pardoned. Even if it was to play some banging tunes I played, I taped off the radio in 1997 on my cassette. I did love the line, you're going to kill me, Snake? I'm too tired. Maybe later. But just remember, like like the like the tape was was going to bring about world peace. That's kind of what the designation <laughs> of the tape is. And as a completely like chaotic, neutral motherfucker that Snake Plissken is, he's like, meh. Everyone else can suffer because I'm not in a mood today. Yes, <laughs> because like, because he's had enough. I'm he, I'm fed up. You didn't say enough nice things about brain, so the world is going into nuclear apocalypse tomorrow. <laughs> Fine. That is better. <laughs> that is better. Then the outro plays, and we're like, oh okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, goodbye, oh. world. All right. Also, he was so close to Kebby, 
and and brain. He was and Snake is not close to anyone. Exactly. And the like, it was in there for a day, Gary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just pump the brakes. So. so he's in there for a day, and it's enough for him to say no. No, no world peace. <laughs> These guys were my best friends ever. I think I'm he was tired to kill you, but I'm not too tired to pull this tape apart. He was looking for any excuse to destroy that tape. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's like a a Nietzschean nihilist. He's like he's like beyond understanding anything. So he's like, I am just an agent of chaos, and what I want to do right now is destroy the possibility of world peace, which is badass in a weird way. And that's it, what he did. Is. And then they rolled those credits. I mean, we're right back after this. Look out behind you when you're back in your car. This has been the public service announcement from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Always check your rear view mirrors. And we're back with Hustler Trivia. Hustler Trivia, baby. The shot where the helicopter flies over Central Park was actually filmed in San Fernando, California. The buildings in the background were matte paintings by James Cameron. What? What? (laughs) The actual James Cameron, the director of Terminator, Terminator 2, Titanic. And huge Piranha 2. Piranha 2? Yeah. That'll be his legacy. (laughs) Yep. Okay. It's easy to forget, though, like like some artists are very skilled in a bunch of different arts. Mm. Of like, if I if someone asked me to do a map painting, I don't think I would be very good at it. Uh, for me, it's not easy to forget because that's something I always resent uh, talented people for when they show they're talented at other things as well. Like <laughs> yeah. when like an actor goes and directs a movie and it's incredible. I'm just like, yeah. fuck you, what? man. Yeah, Bradley Cooper, get over yourself, yeah. mate. Brad, what, what are you going to play the guitar, sing, direct, and star? Fuck yeah. you, Brad. Oh, the opening narration and the computer's voice in the first prison scene were provided by an uncredited Jamie Lee Curtis. Boom! What? Jeez. Yeah, which makes me feel weird because I do not remember either of those. There's a little bit of voiceover race at the beginning. Oh, okay. Like she didn't really give an incredible performance in that (laughs) little voiceover. You're like, who was that? She didn't get a special appearance by Jamie Lee Curtis's (laughs) voice. Uh, The other little bit of trivia is that Clint Eastwood was an early pull for it. And eventually Kerr also got put on the movie. And he actually based his performance on Clint Eastwood. And his roles as the uh, the man with no name. Yeah, There's a definite yeah, re- yeah. reference to it every time we went. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, just just grunts. Mm-hmm. When you know that, he makes a lot more sense as a character. But that would have been a weird movie. <laughs> I don't think that that would have been. I mean, this was a weird movie. Imagine but. someone at Clint Eastwood's caliber, just a movie stardom at the time, being in this. Just he would have just looked so pissed off at everyone, especially in like you know those camo pants and that vest with the zips on it that would have worked if he looked pissed <laughs> off though <laughs> yeah, yeah, would just, mad. Just, just mad at the cock tattoo on his stomach <laughs> I'm not a cop I'm an asshole I'm an asshole you tell me to come in here I'm too old I'm too old get off my <laughs> lawn that's fantastic name anything anything what's this giant tamagoshi doing here <laughs> who the hell's been feeding this that movie is so right for Clint <laughs> quote. So, uh, great. So here we're going to head to our next segment. Uh, I'm back. I'm back, baby. Pitch the sequel. Excellent. Uh, Matt Hollywood is calling. All right. Escape from New York was a massive success. Forget about any of the sequels that may or may not have been created, for better or worse. Uh, we're we're letting you step up to play. What do you want the sequel 
to this B. All right, well, full disclosure, I never saw Escape from LA. Ignoring that, uh, I think one of the tackiest things a sequel can do is just change the setting and just change the name. Like, <laughs> Olympus has fallen, London has fallen, uh, I don't know, Sleepless in Seattle, the, the lesser known sequel, uh, Restless in Rome. Uh, but I went with something equally as tacky. Uh, this is going to follow Snake's son. Okay. Oh, I like it. Mic drop. Played by White Russell, set 30, uh, his actual son, 35 years later. Uh, his name, we'll go with Ray, because that's another just tough guy name, because, uh, well, you know, he's not Ray actually going to be a tough guy. He's not going to be a tough guy. The thing that I liked, I liked the moral implications of walling off an entire fucking city as a prison and whether that is fair to treat criminals like that. So Ray is going to be playing... His, he's the illegitimate son. I don't think at the stage Snake knows he exists. Uh, Ray's grown up to be a politician and he's spearheading a campaign to shut the prison down. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But this ticks off the wrong people. I'll let you decide who the wrong people are. And someone sets him up for a crime that lands him in the prison. Illuminati. Q, his mother, showing up at Snake's doorstep to, re- to tell him he needs to go get their son back oh. without the backing of the US government this time. Okay. Yeah. Title. Wait, where is where is Snake's doorstep? Thirty years from. <laughs> Seeing like like rural America, he's got a little Brooklyn. Fence. Brooklyn. He wants to keep a close eye on Manhattan. <laughs> he's still living in the Statue of Liberty because he never got off. <laughs> Just he ripped up the tape, tape and then nobody gave him a ride. Oh. Yeah, his, yeah, his doorstep could be anywhere. Could be any. Probably in the woods somewhere. He, he's done with crowds he's done with people at some point in this movie will it be revealed that like uh ray wakes up and he's you know got his shirt taken off and there's just a huge tattoo of a stingray coming out of his trousers yes (laughs) stingray that's fantastic uh i had it in my head that uh snake would get in there quite early and meet up with ray so that we get a lot of time with them bonded together it'd be like a good day to die hard but not fucking terrible Mm. Um, I think we'd have a lot of references to the Duke and people are thinking that he's still alive but then it turns out the Duke's just a title that's getting passed yeah. down like kind that. of generation yep. to generation someone is always the Duke do you have so someone he, in mind to play the Duke or would he never be seen I think we're going with my original idea that I wanted to see in this one where we don't see him but he's just pulling the strings from behind the curtains the entire nice. time he's just a shady character He's the villain just kind of getting in their way of getting out the entire time who are you picturing as um, uh, Snake Plissken's biological parent partner? His, <laughs> his mother? Yeah, fuck it. We'll, we'll the complete mother, yeah. the trinity. We'll go Goldie Horn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Goldie Horn. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she needs work. What's she doing other than that sh- shitty Amy Schumer movie? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or better yet, Season Hubley doesn't die when she gets taken under the floorboards and she's the new Duke. <laughs> she's going to look so different now, <laughs> Gary. I don't so think people different. are going to call her out if it happens to be a different character. That's cool. I like it. Return to New York. Mate. Oh, Return to New York works. It is very Escape from Planet of the Apes. Return yeah, to Planet it's, of the um, Apes. it's awfully tempting to use the number two in place of T.O. as well. Return to New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now ret- you're doing like a Fast and Furious. Return to two York even. <laughs> return to York. <laughs> and then at the end of it, two with the double O. <laughs> Just get all the twos in there. He missed his son too much. <laughs> I'd also love the idea of like mapping a bunch of the stuff to it, of like having another arena, but now it's tag team. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two of them have to fight. <laughs> just have, just have a whole bunch to... of legacy characters. There's a new cabbie. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's Cubby's son, but he's called Ubery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Because oh, even in this weird alternate universe, Uber's, Uber's still yeah. came mm-hmm. about. And, and Brain's kid's just called Brain 2 because he's not that smart. <laughs> I like it. Sold. Funded. Sold. All right. On to Das Reboot. Das Reboot. Who would you cast and what do they do? Okay, we live in a time of reboots of reboots, Gary. What is your reboot? Well, Escape from New York. Uh, is, uh, we completely go the other way, which is ridiculous comedy. Uh, uh, starring Franco and Seth Rogen and, and every single person I've ever worked with is somehow uh, are all the crazies and Duke's men, uh, which will be Craig Robinson because I, I, I want to stick to almost everything. But instead of one snake, there's two snakes. Okay. And, and, and it's just... Two the, snakes! Just, just for the wackiness of, of Franco and Seth. I do also love the idea, though, that everyone keeps being like, whoa, snakes, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything. Hey, man, are you snakes? <laughs> are you, are you and the then snakes? Their, their tattoos would have to be snakes that, like, when conjoin. they stand next to each other, yeah, they're, like, conjoined or crossover. But who, who plays Romero? Uh, who, who, <laughs> who plays? That's your focus. Hang on, hang on. I'll get I'll find out about Kevin, Romero. Kevin is Nicolas Cage. Okay. Definitely. Because, and yeah. just and but no one tells Nicholas Cage he's actually in this film and just films film his reaction every time he turns it go, What would you do here? I feel like Michael Sarah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I like Michael Sarah. You've taken a no. real left turn with Nicholas Cage when you wanted the entire Rogan yeah, crew. But, but that's but they're for the good they're for the good they don't all have to be there because Ant Man's in the Bloomin' Rogan crew. You know. Ant Man's also in the MCU. So okay, Paul Rudd's in this film somehow. But Well Paul Rudd would be a great brain. Mm. Oh, would, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he would. Although it would be even more fun to gender flip it. He's uh, he'd play Maggie. Yeah. Do you know who played Great Romero? Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Macaulay yes. Culkin, like now, just yeah, yep. just strung but, out, but just yeah, being but Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Can can I pitch a brain? Yep. Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we've got Paul Rudd, we have to have Emma Stone as the other one. Emma Stone was going to be my Maggie, but we've swapped it up, and I like it. Um, she is the brain. Although, should we make her smart? Because brain is not smart in that film. So I think brain yeah. will be smart. And, and, but the wacky bits when they're like, you didn't listen to me, I said a hard right. And they actually just drive off the bridge or something. And the president's played by Obama. Oh. Just a really fuck with that. But he's not a dick right at the end. <laughs> That's yeah. fun. And, and the last thing, even though it'll be set in like, what's 15 years from now? Uh, mathletes uh, 2033 they'll still have to rip up the tape at the end of the film <laughs> oh yeah that it's still a cassette tape <laughs> it's still a cassette tape and a, and a, and a little egg because the egg's the key thing you're just keeping like, all the elements but could, just going no for real this time this yeah, is what it's going to be like 15 yeah. years in the future perfect cool. great movie I love it funded it's time for the post credit bitches Mike you got one Snake Plissken's walking away he's pulling the tables and then the scientist runs up to Lee Van Cleef and he's like, I didn't turn the machine on. I didn't turn the machine on. And then all you can hear in the background is, because <laughs> Snake's died. Snake dies. Yeah. Snake dies from the neck Because the, the scientist. The post-credit scene, <laughs> the main <laughs> character in the dies. To be fair, we just, we, I mean, Ant-Man and Wasp kind of does that. Mm, yeah. It's because the scientist didn't turn the machine on. They have. I, I like wow. that. Uh, mine was. I'd really love it if, like, uh, after the credits, they they fade back in, and it's like the they. It's in the UN, and everyone's just sitting there, and the song is playing, and then they're just cutting, and it's like serious faces, and they cut around, and then slowly people start smiling, and then they start laughing, and then they stand up and they're dancing, and then it does like one of those old school spinning newspapers, which says "World Peace." Back. <laughs> Like the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey yeah, with the yeah, newspapers. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh. Yeah. 
I dig that. My one would just be, it keeps coming back uh, to a couple of scenes, and he's still pulling out the fucking tape. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, every time it comes back, and then they cut to him, and he's still pulling out the tape, by then they're all just sitting there with guns on him. Oh. And he's like, I've got one that's like really geeky, which is, um, Lee Van Cleef oh. comes up to Snake and says, look, I've got you a new identity. We're doing some research in the Arctic, and we need you to keep an eye on what's going on up there. Oh. And he goes, okay. <laughs> I'll but, do it. But you'll need this. And then he hands him something and then he looks down and it's just a fake eye. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's somewhat related to <laughs> what my idea was. It was going to be Snake standing in front of a base and like washing his face and whatnot. And then he just pulls the eye patch off and he's just got a perfectly functioning eye. <laughs> he just wears an eye patch for no reason. He just like swaps cleans eyes. his face. Just yeah. swaps eyes. That's, uh, that's better. Final thoughts? Any last ones? No, final thoughts. Final thoughts, I think. Yeah, I think I've kind of iterated before i really enjoyed it but i always want to see the more moral implications of such a heinous judicial system to be honest yeah we it's, saw nothing of what the rest of the world well like. and yeah and what yeah. Do, do white collar criminals go in there it's, yeah it's maximum security but if, if you've got that much real estate for your prison you should probably use it and mm-hmm. put everyone in there yeah, we never really, we never got like a scene of like someone being like, oh, I was just in here for tax evasion. And they're like, stab, cut, you know, take his shoes. Because ah! the way I imagine it, it would be quite tribal and you'd have like different chunks of the city designated to different kind of like pillions and stuff. Final thoughts, Gary? Uh, this, this, was a, this was a great experience. I, uh, no, it wasn't. This movie is, this movie is so, it's an action movie that's too slow to be considered an action movie. I I genuinely don't think it is one. Like, there's so little mm, amount of action. But it pitches itself as every aspect of it is Mm. like, you got one man army, you've got like him against all the odds, you've got a timed, like, uh, doomsday event, you got all of these action things, and then you've just got like a 14 minute crane shot to open (laughs) the movie. Although it, 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 it does disappoint me that chandeliers on cars hasn't, <laughs> hasn't caught on. Has not caught uh, because on. Because that is, that is the thing. For me, it was very formative. For, like, I think I saw this when I was maybe 10. So it really defined the idea for me of what cool was uh, in a lot of ways. So I think the ideas and the visuals are much stronger than the core movie itself. But because of that, I, it's got a, an indelible place in my heart. I love this movie. I have the same thing about Big Trouble in Little China. So. Mm which is an infinitely better film, but also batshit crazy. Yeah, I love John Carpenter. He does some weird, weird movies. Very true. Well, thank you both for coming in and joining us. Gary, if we need to find you online and social medias. Yep, you can find me at NaturalGaz on Twitter. That's with a Z, because it's cool. <laughs> okay, how about you, Matt? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at maddie.fleet. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Perfect. Thank you both for coming in. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. That was another episode of Aspen, which is the action superstars breakout movies. Yes, thank you, the wonderful Gary Dooley and Matt Fleet. Wow, New York has really changed since I was there. Yeah, Ronnie, it's a wild one up there. I like this eye patch. Well, next time we will be back with the big daddy of the action genre. Die Hard. Oh, man, that's a Christmas movie. You know, like my jingle all the way. Oh, now I know what a TV dinner feels like. If you would like to get in touch, tweet at us at I'll Be Back Pod 
or you can get in touch with me, Stephen Lyons, at Steve Lyons. Yeah, and I'm Mike Kevin. You can find me at Mike Kevin. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever podcast app you use. It really helps us to reach new listeners. Thanks again, and this has been I'll Be Back Catalog. Wait a second. Are you Snake Plissken? I heard you are dead. My friend told me about it because he said that his cousin told him that a friend of his saw you die in the car accident four years ago. And I was like, hold on, that can't be true. But then he said that his sister's girlfriend, that she saw your grave. And she was like, oh, no, this snake. But then now that I see you here, I'm like, wait a second. Are you Snake Bleskin? Because I heard you were dead.